Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, click the link in the show notes to join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. I have something really, really special in store for you over the next six episodes. We are diving back into the inner healer archetypes. This is a really popular quiz that I created in 2018 and has been circulating for about three years now. And the actual inner healer archetypes themselves channeled through for me in 2017, four years ago. Feels like a long time ago. And we haven't had any updates on them or additional episodes on them since 2018. So we're bringing them out of the vault, back to the surface. Randomly, January 2021, there was just like this virality of the quiz that happened on Pinterest. And it sparked my creativity and inspiration to start discussing some of them again. And there's several reasons for that. And we're going to be adding an additional piece to this conversation that didn't exist before. So part of why I am sharing them again now is because of the current climate of our world and the intense emotions and feelings that are circulating throughout the collective that so many empaths, intuitives, and highly sensitives are experiencing firsthand for themselves. What I'm witnessing and even experiencing some of myself 
is people falling out of love with what they have been doing and questioning themselves extra, extra and feeling unsure of their next step or the direction that they're going in. And being a highly sensitive human and natural healer in the world is a lot right now. There's a lot to navigate on a personal level, community level, social climate, within our communities, within our government, within our local as well as regional, as well as continental geography. There's so much. There's so much. We're all just human. And because there's so much to navigate on every single one of those levels, that extra noise can really cause us to question ourselves and our magic, the medicine and codes that we've brought down to this earth and ask our skills, are they enough? Am I powerful enough? Do I know enough? What makes me different or special to be speaking on this or teaching this? And who do I want to be? Especially for you who are entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, practitioners listening. How do you want to be running your business? What is the mission that grounds you in your purpose? And even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're listening, this still applies to you. How do you want to be showing up in your life? How do you want to be the strongest, greatest self-healer for you, maybe for your family? And within the inner healer archetypes, when we show up and own all of those aspects of ourselves, It's like a giant F you to the idea that healing lives outside of us. And instead, it invites us to reconcile the power we have as human beings, as self-healing organisms. And it invites us back home to that truth, to that birthright that lives within all of us. But I feel that we've strayed. We've strayed away from seeing this within ourselves to believing it exists within ourselves. And when we do get a taste of it, it's at the surface, we question it. Yet so many aspects of our world really do need healing right now. And we get to start with ourselves and our own identity work. And then maybe you will be guided to then take that externally to some extent on some level, whether it's with one other individual in your life, whether it's your entire community, maybe you do run a a healing business and you want to touch thousands, maybe millions of lives. So many empaths are guided to be a part of that healing, but we have to own our skill set and our innate abilities and bring them to the surface And the part that is brand new that I'm adding to the quiz and to this conversation is mapping our identity as a healer and starting to look at the different archetypes that do live within us that I'll be resharing over the next six weeks and dissecting all the different parts. So the parts that have always been there, the the traits, the challenges, the strengths, the goddess energies that these are associated with. But then taking that conversation and really your inner work a layer deeper to then look at 
our values and the issues we care about and the other roles that we play most frequently in our life, especially in the context of social change, and be able to blend these things together to create a clear action plan, your action plan, on what it is that you're being called to say what it is that you're being nudged to do. What energy do you want to be embodying? And how can we start to combine these things like like an equation that we're putting together that then equals your greatest purpose, that then equals your unique magic? And while the information inside of this quiz, again, has been helpful and been circulating for three years now, I feel like it was missing this part of the conversation that is then, okay, so now that I know my strongest archetype is, let's say, the medicine woman, now what? Where do we go from here? Because it's one thing to have the information and to know something about yourself. And it's another thing to be able to integrate that and plug it into this divine equation and then let intuition guide you, create the action plan here in the 3D realm to then own that, to fully, fully own it and be part of social change. So if that's aligning and resonating with you, then the next six episodes are going to be super helpful and looking at not only what are your natural strengths, but how do you want to be showing up within that embodiment of that archetype? And what maybe new skills are you ready to own and harness? What old skills do you want to bring back up to the surface? So again, we've added this additional component to your results. So even if you've taken the inner healer archetype quiz before, I invite you to go take it again. And even if you get the medicine woman or the intuitive witch, but for example, today's episode is actually on the three-eyed raven, I still encourage you to listen to all of them because we have inherently within us each and every one of these healer archetypes. And when you do take the quiz again, you'll get the same downloadable PDF that you may have taken three years ago. Maybe you're brand new to this. If so, take it for the first time. But there's additional emails that you're going to receive that support you in identity mapping as a healer. So if we zoom out for a second, before we dive into today's episode, I want to talk a little bit about and maybe reintroduce you to the concept of archetypes. Archetypes especially go back to Carl Jung's work and these very classic archetypes that he developed, but then has expanded to many, many, many other umbrellas of different archetypes that we see in the world. There's the feminine energy archetypes of maiden, mother, crone, or wise woman. There are branding archetypes. (laughs) There are entrepreneurial archetypes. We have another quiz that is different from the inner healer archetypes that is the empath patterns and archetypes. What all of these have in common are their patterns, their sets of traits, characteristics, behaviors, beliefs, ideologies that we embody. They're not these permanent labels that we have to wear or need to wear, but instead they're like these characters that we can play. And again, they're each defined 
by different characteristics and patterns that may show up in our life. And there's other archetypes that don't necessarily fit into an uh, umbrella, uh, a certain category. And instead, there's the bitch archetype, the people pleaser archetype, the straight A perfectionist archetype. These are all just patterns, aspects of ourself, sometimes our shadow that we can embody, that we can play that role of. And we have way more than one archetype. Again, these inner healer archetypes, there's six, but you're going to find that one, maybe two are probably most inherent or natural, or at least at the table being the strongest, loudest for you today. And that there's others that you feel like maybe you haven't tapped into or is more of a shadow archetype for you. Maybe you even avoid that aspect of yourself. And by looking at different archetypes, it's helpful for us, I believe, in the healing path for us personally and for the role that we play in the world to be able to understand these parts of ourselves, to be able to be aware enough to know when you're embodying what energy is that really the energy that I want to be embodying? Is there an energy, an archetype that I want to bring out from underneath the dirt and bring back up to the surface that I have disowned that could actually be really helpful right now? And that goes back up to this pattern that I'm seeing where there are so many of you listening, gorgeous souls in this community who even the archetype of empath, highly intuitive, insensitive person on this planet that were like, oh, if I were to like fully put on and own that part of myself, there's some fear there. What does that mean about me? Does that mean I have to do something? Does it mean I have to be seen in a different way? What does this mean about me? And so I want to present this information and really this introduction to these past descriptions in a way that allows you to safely and comfortably explore these gifts, these skill sets that live within you, to not run away from them, to not hide them, to not bury them down, but to bring them back to the surface and realize that we are all naturally self-healing organisms that by the nature of the name, inner healer archetype, inner healer, these are things that live within you that you can choose to use for yourself and possibly extend out into the world. So let's rally these abilities. Notice what feels strongest. Others that you may want to discover, harness, or even just like some secondary subtypes. And what you may notice in listening to this information, but also taking the quiz, downloading the workbooks, and doing the work you may notice that your purpose lies deeply within one of these or maybe a combination of several of these. And that's really the root of why I'm bringing these back is I want you to feel immense clarity and alignment in your purpose on the planet as it stands, as you stand today. It feels so fucking good to be clear on who you are and what you're meant to be doing on this planet. It is an amazing feeling. And I want that from more of you. So link to the quizzes in the show notes. Today's episode is repurposed, starting with the three-eyed raven. And then you're going to subsequently hear about the crystal healer, the intuitive witch, the inquisitive she-wolf, the warrior woman, and then the medicine woman. Feel free to take notes, jot things down, and 
use this information to guide you towards your purpose, your clarity, and see this as an invitation of permission slip to more deeply embody your natural strengths. With that, let's dive in, kick it off with a three-eyed raven. Welcome back to this mini series on the inner healer archetypes. The first archetype that we're going to discuss and dive into is the three-eyed raven. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment, as long as that's safe for you to do wherever you are. And I want you to see what images come to mind for you when you think about the three-eyed raven. What do you intuitively feel? What does this mean to you? What energy does a three-eyed raven give off? As you reflect on this and you start to get your own intuitive hits and downloads in the three-eyed raven, I want you to also think if you declared, you can open your eyes up now, but if you declared, I am the three-eyed raven. Today, I embody the energy of the three-eyed raven. How would you act? How would you show up? What self-healing would you be drawn to? So whatever answers come up, they're right. This is unique for each of us. But I want to go through some of the traits, strengths, challenges, and goddess energies of the three-eyed raven that have come through for me. So the three-eyed raven, her traits are to love consulting with her healing tribe. She likes to glean all the latest tips and tricks for healing. So when you are embodying your three-eyed raven, you might post in a Facebook group and say something like, I'm thinking of buying a new water filter. What does everyone else use? What, do you, what water filter do you use? Do you use the Berkey? Do you use the Zero water filter? And she's gleaning all this information from her tribe, from her community to see what is working for everybody else. So she starts to gather information. She might also read multiple articles and see where are their common trends or themes within those articles and start to gather that information like like a harvester, like the woman that is in the field gathering berries up or something, some sort of tool or food or resource. She's gathering, gathering, gathering. The three-eyed raven is also when we like to write down protocols and weigh out our options before we dive into anything or recommend anything right away. So this can come out through you as a coach or you as healing yourself. And you may be really drawn to more of this masculine energy of like, step-by-step protocol, doing the research before you make a decision. Maybe you've been hearing all these things about the autoimmune paleo protocol or the AIP diet. We've also heard some really good things about keto and weight loss, or you've been hearing everyone talk about (laughs) celery juice and the medical medium, but you don't know what's going to be best for you. So the three-eyed raven consults. She asks her team, team of healthcare practitioners, her tribe, her medical team, her support team, her healing team. And then she writes all these thoughts out before she dives in. And she doesn't have to physically literally write them out, but she at least kind of gathers all of the different potential paths for herself before she makes a decision. So she's not one to to jump in to make a decision, which can also benefit her. So her strengths, and when we all embody the three-eyed raven within us, we are full of knowledge and information, not only from that research and gleaning information and, and consulting with our tribe, but also from our personal experience. So again, gleaning information from articles, from your favorite people on social media that you follow, 
from asking questions of your community, but also through your own experience with chronic illness. And you have more information in that filing cabinet of your brain than you think. So this is one of the Three-Eyed Raven's strengths that she has gathered lots and lots of information. But we also have to remember that we have all of that within us. Sometimes we forget. So certainly a strength, but it can also be something that we just forget. The Three-Eyed Raven also gets a lot of signs from the universe. And it's important for us to keep an eye out for them. And we can even ask for signs. We can, we can ask the universe, please, please give me a sign. And whether that is a raven flying through the sky, literally the Three-Eyed raven flying through the sky, but it could also be a, a blue butterfly or seeing angel numbers on a clock or 1111 on the clock or 5555 on a license plate. The universe is always communicating with you. So watch out for those signs. Ask for the signs when you're feeling like you do need more guidance or you're unsure about making a decision. Know that you can always tap in to this inner knowing and connection to the universe. The three-eyed raven also goes through this as we all do, but the, the, the three-eyed raven even goes through cycles and through rhythms and she is powerfully connected and tapped into them so she can actually utilize these natural rhythms flows cycle of the earth and planets in her body in a super powerful way. So when she tunes into that, she's super powerful as a healer. So if you are a woman listening, as most of you are, you can use the natural flow of your menstrual cycle. If you're postmenopausal, you can also use the cycles of the moon. So for example, we're just going to break this down because a three-eyed raven, she needs to know about this. She needs to know that she can utilize these different cycles and make them her strength. Because if she's not not aware, she might not be using this to its full potential. So for example, I'll go through menstruation and how the moons associate as well. First stage would be menstruation. This is associated primarily with the new moons. That's when the sky is dark and the, the sky is not as lit up with the moon. So the new moon or menstruation. And at this point, she wants to tap into self-care. Her energy is the lowest and, and you might feel tired or you might want to withdraw. And it's okay to honor this. It's okay to take time for yourself. It's in this part of life, in this, this particular part of a cycle we go through over and over and over again, that we don't want to force anything. So the new moon is also this time to set new strong intentions. And it is in this place of the new moon energy or menstruation energy that we get to step back from the doing and instead create the intention of what is to come, but we don't have to jump on it quite yet. This is also known as the white moon cycle. So you might naturally, if you track your cycles, you might notice you might naturally cycle with the new moon, meaning that you bleed on the new moon and you ovulate on the full moon. This is the most common cycle, the white moon cycle, but sometimes women are on are the opposite and I fall into that category and we flow with a red moon cycle. In this case, your menstruation would be on the full moon, not the new moon. So White moon cycle, period, on the new moon. Red moon cycle, period, on the full moon. And I think this is super interesting because women who experience the red moon cycle, like myself, have historically been thought to be healers, wise women, medicine women. They had the opposite cycle so that they could take care of other women who were on their period at that time. So for example, new moon, I'm ovulating. I'm feeling like good. I'm glowing. And whereas many other women are, are on the white moon cycle and they're menstruating during that time. So it allowed other women within the community 
communities to be able to provide support and care and nurturing. It's also associated this the red moon cycle with being connected and drawn to other areas of creation other than than children, um, motherhood, getting pregnant. And instead, maybe your creation energy is more focused on art, your business, being a coach, even yourself and just in kind of coaching yourself going through your own personal transformation. So there's so much to dive into here. And this could be a whole nother episode. But the three eyed raven wants to utilize these different energies. And so when she is menstruating or during the new moon, again, if you're postmenopausal, take time for yourself. Let yourself go through rhythm, go through cycle like a dance. The beat is not always up, 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 high, high, high. We go through these melodies and then the song breaks and we want to be able to honor that within ourselves. The next phase that the three-eyed raven would, would fall into and experience is the follicular phase. This is related to our menstrual cycle and it is right after menstruation and our body starts to release from its follicle in your ovary, an egg. And we're starting to build towards that actual release. And you feel a boost of energy and you may feel more assertive and more willing to take risks. You might start a new project, make a big decision. All of that kind of intention setting you just experienced in the menstruation or new moon phase, you're like, okay, I'm ready to act on this now. I set this strong intention. Now let's go, like get it, girl. And this is the energy of problem solving, of decision making, of physical activity. You want to get outside and you want to play with the world, like the energy starts to get boosted and things might change. You might start something new. And then that leads into ovulation. And again, for the white moon cycle, this is going to be the full moon. You're ovulating on the full moon. The red moon cycle, this is going to be opposite. So it's actually ovulating on the new moon. And again, I fall into the second category personally, but this is when the egg actually does get released from its follicle and it survives from 12 to 24 hours. And during this time, it's a little bit shorter period compared to some of the length of other phases of this cycle. But during this time, your sex drive is at its highest. You feel good. You do glow. It's a good time for date night. And if you're not dating anybody, then it's time for taking yourself out on a date and self-care and self-pleasure, taking your salt bath and rubbing essential oils on your body and stepping into your power, sharing your light with the world because your energy is at its highest. And it's a time to let go of what no longer serves you so you can be in that true power. So the full moon is kind of this reminder of like, okay, the new moon, we set all these intentions. Now we're at this complete opposite side of the spectrum here where now the the sky is lit up and it's bright and it's glowing. And it's a time for us to reflect on which of those intentions have we followed through to completion and which ones maybe do we change our mind on or we haven't gotten to yet. So there's just this energy of reflection and then releasing what you don't need because even what you set on the new moon or menstruation cycle, you might change your mind and realize that you want to set a different intention. So full moon, letting go, releasing, being in your fiery power and sharing that light with the world. And then that leads me to the last of the 
four phases of our menstrual cycle, which is the luteal phase. And this is an extended period of time for, I shouldn't say most, but if you look at like the standard 28-day cycle, that's going to be the longest part of that 28-day cycle if you flow in that length of time. But we're all different and our bodies are so unique and, and powerful as fuck. So if it's not the longest for you, that's okay. Luteal phase is when we begin to wind down. So we just came off this high of like, I am goddess, hear me roar. And it's now a time for nesting, to check things off our to-do list, to kind of get things into order, do your, your daily tasks. You may also experience cravings. This is when, if you do experience any sort of PMS symptoms, this is when they typically show up. There's digestive stuff that can wrestle up. Our mood can go through different changes. We can feel emotional and not in a negative way, not in a weak way, in a powerful way. It's important for us to have this phase of our cycle so that we can tap into our emotions. It's like our energy is so high and just brilliant during full moon or ovulation that we come off that high a little bit, but it's not this like dark hole we have to fall into. Instead, it's this beautiful place of just like feeling the world, feeling ourselves, noticing what doesn't feel good. What messages is my body trying to send me right now? What is this migraine pain? What is this headache pain? What's the deeper messages here? And then checking those things off the to-do list and like feeling like, yeah, I got shit done today. It's a good time too to eat healthy foods, be aware of, of how you're nourishing and feeding your body, to rest as you need it because sometimes the emotions come up and they kind of take us out. It's like, whoa, I was just feeling so fight fiery, Katniss energy, girl on fire. Now I realize that I'm experiencing this grief or some sadness or some frustration. So honor that and notice when you might need rest in this phase as part of your cycle. And then balancing the yin and the yang. And that can also be translated into the feminine and the masculine. And it's a time for us to be able to reflect and honor how are we showing up in a masculine way where we're creating and doing and going, creating structure and frameworks versus honoring our feminine, which is flowing and creative and, and luscious and sexual and, and just allowing those energies to come into this fine balance that allows us to feel grounded in our in our physical body as well. So we want to work on the energy body in order to have effects in the physical body. So Three-Eyed Raven, when she's in her power, is tapped into these natural cycles and rhythms. And when we are tapped into, so basically when you're noticing my energy's low, I'm on a period, I need to withdraw from the world for a day. That's okay. And then during the full moon or ovulation, it's like, yes, I'm about to speak up and open my throat chakra and speak my truth because I'm electric. My energy is on fire. That is when you can be your best inner healer, your most powerful inner healer, because you're noticing your body. There's this fine awareness, this delicate awareness, this, this very specific awareness of the body that's noticing the more subtle changes within you as a human being. The three-eyed raven is also the consultant. She seeks others' advice, as we've discussed, which is both a strength, but can also be a, a challenge as well. So let's talk about the challenges for the three-eyed raven. So if this is your strongest inner healer that you got on the quiz, these challenges might wrestle up for you a lot. If the three-eyed raven is your shadow archetype, then you may not resonate with these challenges as much, but everything I just said before about phases, that's where you really want to challenge yourself to step into honoring those cycles because that might not be so inherent for you. So challenges. Challenges for the three-eyed raven are really just, it's needing time in nature to recharge 
and making sure that you're actually getting outside. So if the Three-Eyed Raven lives in the 30th floor of a high-rise building in New York City, that could be really challenging for her because she needs that recharge. She needs to get away from the hustle and bustle. She needs to get away from all of her guides that she's getting all this information from and gathering from her team and able to recharge on her own. So getting into nature and a place that is quiet and is still allows her to then connect back into herself and what her truth is, not just what everyone else is saying outside of herself. So because as a three-eyed raven, we are so connected to the flow and cycle of Mother Earth and the energy around us, it also makes it important to get outside and just connect to that energy so that we can charge ourselves up with it and utilize it within that flow, within that rhythm. Another challenge of the three-eyed raven is simply having a hard time taking that leap of faith and putting your trust into the process. Basically, surrender. So notice when you depend too much on other people's opinion and advice and feedback and like, what does everyone else think? Or what does so-and-so think about this? I'm not going to make a decision until I figure out what she or he thinks. Remember that you are a powerful healer in your own right. Trust yourself. Surrender. Build your self-confidence so that you can stand in your truth and not always need that outside justification and nurturing. Not that it's always a bad thing because it makes you really open-minded. You're gathering all this information. You're a little library within yourself. But if you don't step away from that, get outside, recharge, and also don't trust yourself and surrender sometimes to just your own truth, then we can get so foggy and full with everyone else's opinion that it's hard to find your own clarity. Hello, podcast family. In case you missed it, I had my baby on May 8th, 2021. I had my little girl, Emerson Jordan St. John, and I actually recorded the full details of my birth story that are available in the Third Eye Collective. And in that conversation, one of the things I talked about was my deep desire and birth preference to have a natural, unmedicated vaginal birth, which I was fortunate and lucky enough to have. It was truly the most intense thing I've ever been through and yet so, so beautiful. And one of the things that supported me in that was healthy hydration leading up to my birthing day and on my birthing day. My husband was with me the entire time and straws are your best friend when you are in labor. So I had a big old cup with a straw and he was literally just feeding me my element electrolytes because proper hydration status means having adequate fluids present in your body. And that fluid balance depends on many factors, not just drinking water, but also the intake and excretion of electrolytes. And right before my birthing day, I happened to get one of the first boxes of their brand new flavor, watermelon, which was freaking delicious. So not only was my husband feeding this to me as I was in labor, but I also had a bunch of the travel packs with me in the hospital so that I could continue to hydrate after, again, one of the most 
if not the most intense experience of my life. The watermelon salt is salty AF and it is so freaking delicious. It brings all the summer vibes. And because you are a Uncensored Empath podcast listener, you all get a free sample pack of seven different flavors at no cost. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. Simply go to drinklmnt.com backslash empath. That's drinklmnt.com backslash empath. And once you get your sample pack and get to try all the flavors, tag me on Instagram so I can reshare you with what your favorite flavor is. The goddess says that the three-eyed raven embodies or the, the essences of this archetype that are related to goddess energy are goddess Sedna. And Sedna is the goddess of infinite supply. She says you are supplied for today and all of your tomorrows. So the three-eyed raven just needs to remember that, that, that there is infinite potential, infinite supply always available to her. And she taps into it by asking other people for not always asking, but just gathering resources, information, becoming that library. And so when she's maybe feeling down, she's tired, she's exhausted, she's in that more of that retreat and rest phase of her cycle, then it's important for her to not forget to remember that she still has this whole library. So Sedna is there to remind the three-eyed raven that there is an infinite supply that she always is enough, will have enough. She is taken care of. Life is happening for her. The other goddess energy that shows up in this archetype is goddess Ain, A-I-N-E. And she is the leap of faith guide. So we've talked about this, that sometimes it's hard for the three-eyed raven to take that leap of faith. So this Goddess shows up to support us. We can ask Goddess Ain to help us take that leap of faith and know that we have the, our confidence within ourselves and we don't always have to look outside of ourselves. She says, take a risk and put your heart's true desire into action. So risk taking is okay. Even though the three-eyed raven often is a little slower to make decisions, she has the wisdom. She has that inner healer within her to just make the decision on her own. So take that action, take that leap of faith, take that risk. Other goddess energy here is goddess Cordelia and she is the goddess of the outdoors and she says go outside she says you have been indoors for too long go outside get some fresh air if you find yourself working inside all day living in a climate where winters are long winters are gray and you're not getting outside find a way to lovingly get outside you don't have to torture yourself and go into a lake that's you know negative five degrees and jump in or anything but get outside bundle up Go sit on your front porch. Go walk around the block one time. In the summertime, this is much easier, but at least at the time of recording this podcast, it's starting to get cold most places in in the U.S. And so encourage yourself, support yourself in creating this practice outside and getting outside, breathing in that fresh air so that you can also sync your cycle with Mother Nature. If you didn't resonate above with cycling your menstrual cycle with the cycles of the moon, there's ways to intentionally create that. And one 
one of the top ways to cycle with the moon is to get outside because traditionally the reason we have this cycle with the moon is because of the of the light and how that light energy affects us as human beings and when we used to sleep underneath the stars we were so affected by the energy of the moon because we slept underneath it now we're inside we have lights on at 10 o'clock at night and there's a lot of artificial light so we're not as tapped into the natural cycle of the earth and the moon and, and the universe so goddess cordelia says go outside girlfriend the last goddess energy here is goddess Maeve. she's the goddess of cycles and rhythms she says honor the cycles of your body your energy levels and your emotions and so just like we were talking about how can you honor these natural cycles of your body notice the subtle changes in your energy are you tired okay don't force it you don't have to do that instagram post or you're allowed to cancel plans and stay in on a saturday night and she's also bringing in this energy of emotion we tap into more of this subtle changes, shifts in our emotions, honoring both the positive and the negative emotions, knowing that one is not better than the other, that as human beings, we experience the full range. We experience the entire rainbow, right? <laughs> that reminds me of the Skittles commercials that say, say used to say, taste the rainbow. Now don't go buy Skittles, but please taste the rainbow of emotions over here so that you're letting yourself not judge yourself or criticize yourself for feeling afraid or for feeling sad or for being in a funk, but instead allowing yourself to move through that by not shoving it away, burying it anywhere, and instead noticing it, sitting with it, and then choosing to shift out of it and to change it into something more positive, but not without noticing it and honoring it first. So those are the goddess energies that are showing up. And I want to just leave you with a few questions to think about here. So if again, if whether that three-eyed raven is your shadow archetype or it is more of the archetype that you fall into more naturally, I want you to ask, how would you speak? How would you act? How would you receive? How would you show up in every area of your life if you embodied more of the three-eyed raven? What actions would you take in your life as a three-eyed raven? How would you love yourself as a three-eyed raven? And then bring Bring your inner three-eyed raven. Again, I mentioned this in an introduction episode. We all have each of these inner healer archetypes within us. So bring your three-eyed raven in front of you. She can look however you want to draw her in your mind today. And as she comes in front of you, ask her, how can she support you today? Or how can you, three-eyed raven, support me today? What parts of her essence and her characteristics and her traits and her energy would be helpful to you that maybe you haven't fully tapped into? And are there parts of this archetype that need to be healed? Notice that too. What parts of this energy do you stray away from? Do you feel like are more part of your shadow that you bury down or that you ignore? And how can we heal parts of this archetype as well? So the three-eyed raven works in the mind. She is cerebral. She is three-dimensional and she's here to support you today. So ask her, how can you support me today? And how can you support her today and work in this beautiful partnership? Oh, beautiful, my friends. So let me know what ahas you might have had during today's episode on the Three-Eyed Raven. And I can't wait to share more with you in the next few episodes as we tap into all of the other inner healer archetypes and all of the traits, characteristics, challenges, strengths, and goddess energy that they all embody as well. So I will see you on the next episode. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. As a reminder, go take the updated quiz, find your strongest inner healer archetype, which will then be followed up via email with a full guide on that archetype, as well as an additional brand new workbook that is identity mapping as a healer. So you can feel that divine, profound clarity in your purpose, in your mission on this planet. I will see you in the next episode. 